Greetings and salutations from Times Square, crossroads of the world. This is the Muni Lowdown, produced by DebtWire Municipals, where we talk about this week's most interesting stories in the municipal bond market. And I am your host, Young Lim, desk editor at DebtWire Municipals. Good morning, everyone. Today is Thursday, May 27, 2021. And welcome to the Muni Lowdown, the podcast produced by DebtWire Municipals. And today we we have on our show our intrepid reporter based in San Juan, Puerto Rico, Eva Lorenz. Eva, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Welcome, everybody. All right. Always glad to have you back on the show. And let's get right into it. I know you focus on Puerto Rico and, and the other territories around the U.S., but there's been a major, major story we've been covering, which involves the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, better known as PREPA. And now there's a, a contract in place for Luma Energy to take over the transmission and distribution, the T&D, uh, for PREPA. So tell us about a little bit about the background and then tell us about who Luma Energy is. First of all, after the hurricane, uh, as you know, PREPA has been in bankruptcy since 2017. The truth of the matter is that the company cannot access the markets and it doesn't have money to update its facilities. Of course, after the hurricane, this was exacerbated because the hurricanes in 2017 pretty much flattened the energy grid. And it took about a year for the energy to go back to, to come back for all residents. So the government at the time decided that the best thing to do was to privatize PREPA through a a public-private partnership with Luma Energy. Uh, they also decided to divide, break the monopoly uh, that PREPA has had since the 1940s, at least, in the provision of energy in order to be able to obtain money to be able to rebuild the infrastructure. And so the public-private partnership directed a process to put the transmission and distribution system under private management. And that's how it ended up. We ended up selecting Luma. Of course, uh, this is also going to happen with the uh, power plants. They're, they are also being put under private management, but um, the contract for those, it's not going to be revealed until the end of the year, at least. That's why we're here now about Luma Energy. Luma Energy was created in January of 2020 while by by uh, Quanta Services and Atco. It is actually a company that was recently created. And while Quanta and Atco have had experience uh, dealing with hurricanes uh, in the past, uh, Luma Energy is uh, it was recently formed and uh, to be able to manage this contract. Uh, so far, uh, we don't know who are the members of Luma Energy's board, but we know that it is a company that whose president is Wayne Stensby, and we know who some of the top executives are because of hearings that have been going on with the Puerto Rico Energy Bureau. But in news conferences, when we when initially when we asked, these questions, the company refused to reveal uh, the names of its top executives. That's how we got Luma Energy. Basically, in a very brief summary, PREPA 
generates the power. And pretty much after that, Luma Energy takes over. They do the T and D. They do the billing. They pretty much handle everything afterwards. Is that is they, that correct? They, yes, they're gonna handle the services, billing, uh, all of that, everything except generation. Right now, mm -hmm. like you said, there's been some controversy. Luma hasn't, except for Wayne Stensby, there's not much information about the board members. And this is tell us so. And but I know the contract has been mired in controversy for a while. Tell us about the operation management contract because there's been many criticisms. With the the workers union, UTR, you've got legislator. Tell us all of the components for now. One of the um, main objections to this contract is that Luma Energy very has no risk. All of the risk, Prepa is which is bankrupt, has all of the risk in these contracts because they uh, Prepa is going to be paying for everything Luma does, but it's not going to have any decision making power once Luma takes over. Luma is, for instance, not required to attend any of the PREPA board meetings. The contract is being managed by the Public-Private Partnership Authority, which is the administrator. There's a steering committee overseeing the contract. The Puerto Rico Energy Bureau is going to have regulatory power, but PREPA has no decision-making over anything Luma is going to be doing afterwards. And as you know, PREPA is the one, the entity with the expertise. The Priestry Authority does not have energy experts to be able to uh, manage this contract, and nor the Financial Oversight and Management Board. So that's, that is one of the biggest issues, that PREPA is going to be paying for everything, all of Luma's expenses, but it's not going to have any decision-making power. And as a matter of fact, under the contract, Luma is going to be able to make decisions, uh, all decisions in the name of PREPA without consulting the board. So that is a big issue with this yes. contract. The other thing is that when the law was passed to allow PREPA uh, to be privatized or put under a public-private partnership, the law pretty much states that no PREPA workers will be left unemployed under this contract. However, under the contract, Luma Energy does not have to, it's not required, it's only required to interview the PREPA workers, but it's not required to hire them. And of course, it does not have to abide by the collective bargaining agreement. So this is a, an issue with a lot of the workers, because if you go to work with Luma, for instance, you you have to take the pension that is provided by Luma, which is a 401k pension, as opposed to the kind of pension that is provided under PREPA. So a lot of the workers, especially the ones that have been working for PREPA 20 years, 25 years, they pretty much will not be able to continue with their PREPA pension. And, and, and I know that's a big issue among the workers. And of course, you lose all of your rights as a, as a, a person who has been working for PREPA for many years. You pretty much are supposed to start as if you were a, an entry-level kind of employee if you work uh, for Luma Energy. So that's that's another concern. Right, you lose uh, all that time. All that, all that time. All you of that serve. time. Yes, yeah, the, yes, yeah. That, that seniority that you acquire in any right, job, right. at least in Puerto Rico, uh, you lose it. So so that is a big issue with, uh, with the workers. Uh, so a lot of the workers have chosen to work 
for other government agencies because the law provides for that. If you don't go to work for Luma Energy, mm-hmm. you can choose to work for go- on in equivalent jobs in other government agencies. But of course, there's no equivalent job for alignment, for instance, in any government agency because PREPA is the only one that provides energy. So one of the a lot of the problems that these workers have found is that they have been reassigned to government agencies for work that that they're not qualified for or for work that does not exist. I have uh, spoken to two or three workers who have told me that I showed up for this new job and they told me that it was not available mm. or the offices were shut down. They are in a limbo right now. Uh, so that that is another uh, thing that has happened with this issue with with the workers right they've gone to court they've gone to federal court to try they've to gone block to, it. so they they tried they try to they have tried to block it uh, mm-hmm. in in the federal bankruptcy court if they have tried to stop uh payments to luma also because under the contract the payments to luma will be paid before the contributions to the pension and prepa owns about 600 million right now in in pension contributions on their bankruptcy, on their bankruptcy, typically pensions are paid first. In this case, it has been totally the opposite. So that is a big issue with the with the workers. The contract will lead to the insolvency of Prepa's mm-hmm. pension system. If you want to, I can go on talking about some of the objections. Well, yeah, I was going to bring that up because I know you were mentioning. Quanta Services, the parent company of Luma. There's been controversy of like two. Well, two questions off the top, off the top of my head. One, with Quanta, Luma said they will rely on its parent company, Quanta, as I just mentioned, as a backup of last resort in in, in event of emergency. Which a lot, some people are saying that's not, you know, that it unfairly benefits them. And number two, they they want to be held a lot, be held liable for anything. Under the contract, they can apply for a, a waiver against all liability. Mm-hmm. The problem is that Luma is asking Energy Board, the regulatory agency, for a complete liability waiver for that includes gross negligence and willful misconduct. Uh, that is typically not, uh, there is no other power utility that has that. Only in two states, there is something similar, but it does not cover residential customers. Local law in Puerto Rico does not allow for something like that. So that has been a local issue here. The other issue is that right now, the contract is in the front-end transition phase, but Luma, in its monthly invoices for service that it has uh, sent to PREPA, has... Uh, you can see that he has hired Quanta and Atco for work to do work for for, for he has subcontracted Luma uh, I mean Quanta and Atco for work doesn't say what kind of work but he has been hired for work and that has been an issue because Luma has said that it will hire local companies for work in the event of an emergency, for instance, but that it will rely on Quanta and on ATCO as a last resort. Prep commissioners, uh, uh, the uh, commissioners from the Puerto Rico Energy Bureau have said, well, our concern is that you should have contracts with agencies or with private companies to be able to repair the system 
in the event of a hurricane before that happens and not rely on Guantanamo because they fear that Luma is going to give all of these contracts to Guantanamo without doing a proper bidding process as it should do. So that is another big concern. Mm. So I know uh, also with the contract, which, um, you know, is for now uh, begins next week, uh, June 1st, the legislator wanted to push it back till next year. And then Governor Perlusi said, no, we're going to continue. And then you said you wrote a story about how legislators trying to they don't have enough votes to override his his veto. Is that correct? As a matter of fact, they voted. They ended up voting, but they asked, that's what exactly what happened. As we predicted, they did not have the votes to to do it. This happened late in the evening. The veto override did not happen, but because of the fact that we have a financial oversight and management board on the mm-hmm. PROMESA, if a law goes against the fiscal plan, the um, Financial Oversight and Management Board can say, well, you cannot enforce that law. I I spoke with an attorney who told me this is an exercise in futility because the Financial Oversight and Management Board can end up saying, well, no, you you cannot enforce that law and that will be the end of it. Wait, so I'm sorry. So I'm sorry, the FOMB is saying that they... They can't because they haven't finalized the plan of adjustment. So you're saying that the law cannot be what cannot be changed? Can you just clarify? Well, yes, yes. Well, uh, on their promesa, mm-hmm. if the legislature passes a law that goes against the fiscal plan, mm-hmm. the financial oversight and management boards can tell the government, no, you cannot enforce that law. Mm, I see. So a local attorney was telling me that the legislature's exercise was one in futility mm. because even if they over if, if they would have overrode over the, the governor yeah the governor's veto the financial oversight and management board could uh, say no you cannot enforce that law got it okay all right so i'm going to wrap it up with one last question so like you, you were mentioning earlier prepa is in bankruptcy right now so overall yes. how is this going to impact uh, prepa are is that, are they no longer going going to exist the way it's going since they're only generating power? First of all, prepa no, it won't exist as we know it. Prepa will be in charge of the generation. Luma will be in char- Luma Energy will be in charge of everything else, transmission and distribution and everything else. It's not supposed to impact uh, the bankruptcy process because. Of course, PREPA still owns all of this money. However, Luma Energy is going to start managing a PREPA's transmission and distribution system under a supplemental agreement that lasts 18 months because of the fact that PREPA is still in bankruptcy and has not exited bankruptcy. And what the concern with this is that after the 18 months, Luma Energy, if, if PREPA is still in bankruptcy, Luma Energy can say, well, I'm going to cancel this contract because you're still in bankruptcy. The concern here is that PREPA might be pushed into a bankruptcy agreement that is not going to be beneficial for the people or that could lead to higher rates. And that's one of the concerns that 
the the prepa might be rushed into a, a restructuring support agreement that is going to lead to higher rates. However, uh, the Financial Oversight and Management Board recently gave the green light or supported the current restructuring support agreement that has been pretty much paralyzed since uh, 2019. So chances are that unless they, if they do not renegotiate this restructuring support agreement, we might end up having the the, the RSA that we have already uh, negotiated. Uh, so that is, that, that is what is going to happen with the bankruptcy. I see. All right. Very interesting. And so let's just confirm for now, the contract is supposed to go into effect Tuesday, June 1st. For now, yes. that's the plan. Okay. And I know you're going to... Uh, uh, keep up your good work. We'll we'll see if there's any last minute changes, but for now, June first is when Luma Energy takes over the TND on Prepa. Yes, and it's the the start of the hurricane season. And <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to tell you that the Luma Energy Luma Energy still uh, has several uh, procedures or processes as of today mm-hmm. uh, before the prep like it still has not completed it still doesn't have for instance a system operation principles approved by prep it still does not have the the terms of service approved by prep so so all of those processes are still uh, uh, lagging behind when luma energy starts operating on june 1st it will be without any of these processes in place or plans in place right put it that way Okay. (laughs) Ava, thank you so much for your time today. And we hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. And that's our show for today. Many thanks to Ava Lorenz in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm assuming it's nice and sunny down there. And thanks to our audience in Muniland who tune in week after week for the latest on Distressed Muni Debt on the Muni Lowdown produced by Debt White Municipals. Take care, everybody, and talk to you again. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Muni Lowdown with me, your host, Young Lim. If you want to know more, subscribe to DebtWire.com and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share. Join us next week when we talk about the latest in the municipal bond market.